0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for April 11, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the miracles of Jesus. I trust that you've been enjoying this series so far. We've been going miracle by miracle by miracle, and uh, we got to the point where I had two left. The one I'm going to deal with today, where Jesus provided, uh, or the the Father provided for Jesus and Peter provision in the mouth of a fish. We're going to deal with that and uh, then we're going to get into the the miracle of Lazarus. I I saved the best for last. I'm going to deal with Lazarus. Lazarus is going to take me about a month to get through, so I'm excited about that. This is part 58 of the overall series. The title of today's message is Six Life Lessons from a Fish and a Coin. Six Life Lessons from a Fish and a Coin. Put in the chat, I'm ready to receive life lessons Today, open up your heart to receive. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Before we do, let's look at Psalms 126 and verse 4. This is a scripture we've been looking at at our church all year long, and it's probably, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to share it with you every day, but for right now, I'm sharing it with you every day because that's what I'm led to do. Psalms 126 and verse 4. I want you to get this down in your heart. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Put it in the chat, Lord, do it again. Restore us to my former glory, our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. This is a season of refreshing. This is a season of restoring for us any dry area, anything in your life that has gone dry over the last few years. This is a season where the Lord is not just going to wet it, but it's going to drench it again, restoring you restoring you to the former glory and taking you even to another level of glory. Say, Lord, do it again. All right. So let's look at this miracle. Um, this is Matthew chapter 17, verses 24 through 27, and I'm going to share this with you from the Passion Translation. The Bible says, after they arrived in Capernaum, this is Jesus and his team, and, and Jesus' ministry headquarters was in Capernaum, by the way. After they arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax approached Peter, and they asked a question. They said, oh, well, does your teacher pay the tax for us to upkeep the temple? Like the rest of us, there's like this temple tax. And does your teacher pay the tax like everybody else? Or, you know, is he some kind of special? Like we know that he does all these miracles and stuff. We just want to know, is he going to pay the tax? And verse 25, Peter said, well, of course he does. When Peter walked into the house, though, before he had a chance to speak, Jesus already knew what he said outside. And so Jesus said, Peter, I have a question for you. He said, yes, sir. Who pays tolls? or taxes to a king. Is the tax collected from the king's own children or from the king's subjects? Well, he said, well, from the subjects, of course. He said, that's right. The children get off free without paying taxes. He said, the children don't have to pay taxes to their dad. That that doesn't make any sense. But so that we don't offend these people, We're going to pay the tax. This is what we're going to do. Go out there to the lake and throw down your hook, throw it out into the lake. And the first fish that you catch that rises up is going to have a coin in it. And with that coin, you're going to pay, it will be the exact amount to pay the tax for both you and me. And so Peter went, obviously, and that happened. So what does this mean for you today. I have six things, life lessons, to share with you based on this miracle. It doesn't seem like there's a lot there, but there's a lot there. All right, so let's get into it uh, for this morning. Six things. This is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. Number one, here we go. Faith requires obedience to what God says, even when it doesn't make any sense. I've taught you this before. God is spiritual. Put in the chat God is spiritual, not sensual. Because God is a spirit, he communicates with us spirit to spirit. He doesn't have to make sense. Faith doesn't have to make sense. So, so the things of God don't have to make sense. You have to believe them, though. So God is requiring faith, and faith sometimes flies in the face of common sense or logic or reason, etc. cetera. So Jesus and Peter had a situation where they were being asked to pay this tax, this temple tax. Now, without going to the treasurer, obviously they had a treasurer because they had money. Jesus didn't go to the treasurer in this case. Jesus chose to receive the required tax money in a supernatural, in an uncommon way. Jesus told Peter to go fishing. And the first fish that he caught was going to have the exact amount of tax money in the fish's mouth to pay the tax for both Jesus and Peter. Now, although these instructions were a little bit crazy, a little bit bizarre, Peter, like remember who he's talking to. He's talking to a fisherman. Peter had fished all his life and never in his life had he ever caught a fish with money inside of it, right? So this is like, this doesn't make no sense what he's saying, but Peter displayed obedience and faith. As a believer, God is going to lead you to do things that sometimes don't make any sense. And what God is looking for from you is obedience and faith. Put in the chat, say, I am obedient. Put in the chat, say, I live by faith. God is looking for obedience from us. God is looking for faith from us. So Peter followed Jesus's instructions without questioning it. And that's strange because Peter is normally the guy that questioned everything, but he didn't question it. In this case, he just went out. You got to remember that our God is God. He's a God. He sits on the circle of the earth. His ways, the Bible says, are above our ways. His thoughts, the Bible says, are above our thoughts. He's a spirit. He, he doesn't have to make sense. He's not sensual. He is spiritual. So the problem is not with God. When God reveals something to us, oftentimes the problem is with us. When God tells us to do something that seems strange, many times believers fail to do it because they don't understand it. Put put in the chat, say, I will obey God even when I don't understand it. You got to get to the point where you're going to obey what God tells you to do, even when it doesn't make any sense, even when you don't understand it. I've warned you many times from allowing reason or logic or common sense to cause you to think your way out of your breakthrough or out of your blessing. God, God doesn't want you to have to think through everything. God is not dealing with your intellect. He's dealing with divine instinct. Remember, God is not a man. So he doesn't have to do things the way that men do things. So if God tells you to do something that you don't understand, don't allow your lack of understanding or even flat out confusion to keep you from obeying God's command. Say this, say it out loud, I will obey God even when I don't understand. Listen, faith requires obedience. You, you you must attempt to do whatever God leaves you to do, whatever God tells you to do, whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. You say to your, your your spouse, "Babe, oh my God, I believe God wants me to do this. I believe God." And your spouse may even say, "That don't make no sense." Like your spouse may even say, uh, "Okay, but you know that's kind of strange." Listen, at the risk of looking foolish, you must do whatever God is leading you to do, however God is leading you to do it. And when you do it, watch this. You will discover. A God who can do anything. You would discover a God who can do anything Anywhere at any time by any means. Come on now. Our God can do anything anywhere at any time by any means because God is God. There's nothing He can't do. But if you think your way out of it, if you think, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, I don't know. If you allow reason or logic or common sense to cause you to think your way out of your blessing, then you won't receive God's best and you will live under under God's best for your life because what He is looking for from you is not logic, it's not common sense, it is faith put it in the chat, say, I provide faith. God has already provided the grace. God is looking for you to provide the faith. As I'm teaching you on the miracles of Jesus, this series, we've been in it now for, for this is month number four. As I'm teaching you miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, my prayer for you is that you're building up your faith to believe God, a, a God who can do anything, anywhere, at any time, by any means. You're, you're building up your faith to believe God. You got to trust God's plan, even when you don't understand how it's going to unfold. Oh God, I'm doing this. I don't even, and even when this, you're facing opposition, even when things are getting worse before they get better, even when things get harder before they get easier, even when like, oh God, I know you tell your spouse, I I, I know this is what God told me to do, but I, I, I don't know how it's going to work. Even when you don't know how it's going to unpack and unfold and reveal itself. You have to trust God. You have to do what God tells you to do, how God tells you to do it. And you you just got to go. The miracle of the coin in the fish's mouth is a reminder that God can minister to us in ways that defy human reasoning and conventional wisdom because God is God. Say amen to that. Oh, glory to God, man. I'm trying to contain myself because this message is so good. All right, number two. I got six things. Here's number two. Living by faith requires overcoming fear and doubt. Put in the chat, say fear is not a problem for me. Say, say, put in the chat, no fear here. You got to overcome fear and doubt and unbelief. Let's talk about it. Put yourself in Peter's shoes for a minute. You've been a fisherman all your life. You spent more time in the water than most people will ever spend time in the water. You forgot more about fishing than most people know. You've caught countless fish, but you never in your life have ever caught a fish with money in it. (laughs) And so now you're being asked to pay taxes. And Jesus tells you to go out there to the lake and just throw out a hook. And the first fish that you catch is gonna have not only just money in it, but the exact amount of money to pay the taxes for, for you and for me, and so so you go out there and you're like, oh my God, you, you go out there to do what God tells you to do. And you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Your name may not be Peter and maybe you're not a fisherman, but for you, it may look like the following. Let me paint the picture. For you, it may be, okay, God is asking you to do something that doesn't make sense for you for your for your circumstance for your situation you're not a fisherman but whatever you do God is telling you to do it in a way that man this doesn't make sense God is asking you to do something watch this in the area of your expertise that doesn't make any sense. This is something that you have mastered. Whatever you mastered. God whatever you mastered. Whatever you put your 10,000 hours in. Come on, Malcolm Gladwell. You put your 10,000 hours into this thing. You know how it works. You are an expert in this field. And God is asking you to do something in this field that doesn't make any sense. And so and so now what, what is your area of expertise will actually work against you. Let me explain. It, your past experience in this area in this situation can be a detriment. Because if, watch this, if God had picked someone who had never fished before and said, go out there and just throw down a hook and get a fish and there's going to be money in it, the person may be like, okay, I'll go do that. I don't know. I don't know if there's money inside a fish. I don't know if that's the thing, you know, but he picked somebody who knew there was no money inside a fish. He picked somebody who knew, who had spent years on the water, who had caught more fish than than he could remember. And so when, when God takes you and, and ask you to do something in your area of expertise that doesn't make any sense, then your what is normally a blessing for you, your past experience, your past performance, becomes a burden. Because now at that point, your experience is a tool that Satan can use to instill fear and doubt and unbelief. Let me explain. While, while the Bible doesn't say it, I imagine that Satan was having a field day with Peter in his mind. While Peter was on his way to, to, to the lake, I'm sure that Satan was like, man, man, this ain't never going to work. Like t- t- telling Peter, this is never going to work. What are you talking about? You, you, How many fish have you caught, Peter? Have you ever seen money in a fish's mouth? That doesn't make any sense. And then do you think that is going to be the exact amount of money to pay the taxes for you and Jesus? That doesn't make any sense. This is a dumb idea, Peter. This is a waste of time, Peter. And so Peter had to battle through all of these thoughts of fear and doubt and unbelief, and still be obedient to God. Put in the chat, say, "I will obey God." Listen, listen. When you when when God tells you to do something, especially in the area of your expertise, that doesn't make any sense, you still have to press through the fear and the doubt and the unbelief. You have to, you have to press through your past performance. You have to. Press through your experience. And when your experience is telling you this doesn't make any sense, you have to do it anyway, because that's the life of faith. For you to be the man or woman that God has called you to be, you have to obey God's instruction even when it goes against your experience. Even when your experience is vast, you have to trust God anyway. Put in the chat, I will obey God. I trust God, period. You got it? Number three, God will lead you to be bold and humble at the same time. Put in the chat, I am bold and I am humble at the same time. And so let me explain. Um, this is what he said. This is what Jesus said. Peter, I have a question for you. Who pays the tolls or the taxes to the king? Is tax collected from the king's own children or from his subject? Peter said, well, from the subject's. So yeah, that's right, because the children get off free without paying taxes. But so that we don't offend them, go out into the lake and throw down the hook. Let me give you the Rick Pina version of what Jesus said. Jesus was basically saying, hey, Peter, now you know we are being asked to pay taxes to this local king. But the father, my father, is the king of the kings. The father, my father, is the Lord of the Lords. I am his son. And as his son, I don't have to pay taxes because the royal family is tax exempt. However, man, I don't want to get into all of that right now with these people. So in order to avoid offense, this is how I want you to pay for the tax money. Go out there and throw down the hook. What was he saying? Listen, there are times when God will lead you to confront circumstances and situations and say, nope, I ain't doing it. But there are other times where God will lead you to comply, not because you have to, but in order to avoid offense. You can be bold and you can be humble at the same time. When you walk with God, when you walk with the Holy Spirit, listen, you will develop the divine discernment required to know which battles to fight and which ones to avoid. Put in the chat. Say, I don't have to fight every battle. Like, like as you got to know as a believer... You don't have to fight every fight. You don't have to get involved with every battle. Jesus knew who he was. And he, he was like saying, I don't have to pay this tax. But at the same time, this is not a fight worth fighting. This is not a battle worth me getting involved in. It's not even that, it's not even that serious. So you can be bold and you can be humble at the same time. He, humbled, he had the boldness to know, I know who I am. I don't have to pay this thing. But he said, you know what? I'm gonna let it slide. When you walk with God, and you're led by the Holy Spirit, you will know when to stand up and, be, and rise up and be like, no, I ain't doing that. But you will also know when to just let it go. It's not even that serious. I don't have to fight every fight. I don't have to get involved with every battle. You don't have to, watch this, you don't have to fight every injustice. You don't have to go against every wrong that was done. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to say something about everything. You, When you're led by the Holy Spirit, you will know which ones to get involved with, and you will know which ones to just let go. And some things, you just got to let it go. Some things, you, got, you have to let it slide. And when you're led by the Holy Spirit, you will know which things to let slide and which things to come up against. Say amen to that. Put in the chat, I am led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right, number four. I'm taking my time. I'm really trying to teach this thing because there's a lot in this message for today. Number four, God's provision is always enough, but you must trust him as your source. One of the themes that have come out of this study on the miracles of Jesus is the fact that God is your source. I keep telling you, say, God is my source. God is my source. The point is very apropos for this season, that God is your source. Why? Because the economy right now is fluctuating. It's been going crazy for the last three years, but right now it's it's kind of going crazy. Inflation is at the highest levels that it's been since the 1980s. And many financial experts are saying that a recession is either here now or it's coming. And so this is a great time to be reminded that God is your source. Say, God is my source. Jesus sent Peter to catch a fish. And when he did, the coin that Peter found in the mouth of the fish was the exact amount to pay the tax for both Jesus and Peter. See, God's ways are above our ways, his thoughts are above our thoughts, and his provision is always enough. We just need to to trust his timing, trust his ways, and be led by his spirit. When you are facing a financial need, Jesus knows. I mean, in this case, Jesus knew, but I'm just saying, like, God knows where to send you. Jesus knew where to send Peter to find the money. And that's a great reminder for us today. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, he will reveal to you, hey, this is where you need to go. He will reveal to you, hey, this is what you need to do. He will reveal to you, this is how you got to position yourself. Put this in the chat. I position myself to receive what God has already provided. You got to position yourself to receive what God has already provided. God has already stored up your provision. And now when you're led by the Holy Spirit, he positions you to be in a position to receive what God has already provided. Let me make it plain. If you have a business, God knows where your customers are. If you have a business, God knows what contracts he already stored up for you. And so what you need to do is release your faith. Believe God. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Don't fear. Don't worry. Oh, the economy is going crazy. Oh, this. Stop. You're not from this world. You're in this world, but you're not from this world. You don't have to be governed by the things of this world. Come on now. Listen, you trust God. Put in the chat, I believe God. And so you got to be like, you know what? There are contracts that are looking for me. Lord, where do you want me to go? Father, where do you want me to position myself in order to receive what you already stored up for me in the name of Jesus? It's already yours. You have to position yourself to receive what God already provided. If you have a job, you're saying, Rick, I don't have a business. I have a job. Fine. God already has promotions already stored up for me, for you, already planned for you? Increase, favor, advancement, acceleration in every area of your life. How do you get it? Listen, God will position you receive, to receive things that you're not even qualified for. Like like you, you like you may not be qualified, but you're destined. Put in the chat. I'm not qualified, but I'm destined. When you're destined, God God's provision is always enough. God will lead you through the Holy Spirit so you can be positioned to receive what He's already positioned for you to receive. So don't stress over money. Don't stress over where the money is going to come from. Trust God. Put in the chat, I trust God. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. He already made plans for you. God has, watch this, God has millions of ways to get you millions of dollars. God does. God has millions of ways to get you millions of dollars. Whatever you need for your divine purpose is already stored up for you. Some people only need a little bit to do what God has called called them to do, like from a financial perspective. Other people have to oversee a lot. But whatever you need to do what God has called you to do is already stored up for you. And God has ways to get it to you, but you gotta listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent Peter exactly where to go, and boom, the money was there waiting on him. God will do the same thing for you. Say amen to that. Number five, I told you I have six things. Here's number five. You have a part in God's provision for your life. Put in the chat, say, I have a part in God's provision. Let me explain. Don't just sit back and say, okay, hey, God, you know what I need. So I'm going to sit here until you bring it to me. We all know the story of the guy, you know, on the roof with the flood. And it was like, no, God is going to deliver me. And then God sent a boat and then God sent a helicopter and all that. Listen, if you're just going to sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to sit here until God brings me the money. Two things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to be waiting a long time. Number two, (laughs) you might starve while you're waiting, right? Because God's provision comes as you cooperate with him. Not while you're sitting back and letting, uh, expecting that he's going to do everything for you. No, Jesus involved Peter in the process of provision. Jesus made Peter an active participant in the miracle. Jesus made, and the same thing is true for you. Put in the chat. I say, I am an active participant in my provision. God's provision is already stored up, but he wants you to be an active participant. He wants, yes, is God my source? God is my source. Say, God is my source. High five somebody. Say, God is my source. I got it. God is my source. But if you sit back lazily and say, well, God is going to bring everything to me, then it's not going to happen. The apostle Paul said in second Thessalonians three and 10, if a man does not work, then he should not eat. That <laughs> It doesn't work that way. You have a part in God's provision. God expects you to do work. Say, I do work. God expects you to do work, to be creative, to do business, to be industrious, to earn, and then to give and to sow and to contribute and to be generous. God expects you to be part of all of that. God expects you to have witty ideas and inventions and, and go out there and have creative ways and avenues for the increase to come. And then God expects you to be a conduit of, of kingdom finance and fund his projects all all over the world, but none of that is gonna happen if you sit back and say God is gonna bring it to me. It, you have to be part of it. Say amen to that. God is not gonna print money from heaven and just drop it down, it don't work like that. Number six, as I close, last point. God will use your profession or area of expertise as a conduit through which He can release provision. God will use your put it in the chat, and say God will use my profession. God is using my profession, my area of expertise as a conduit through which to get me the provision that he already stored up for me. Let me explain. Peter was a fisherman. Jesus didn't send Luke out there. Luke didn't know anything about fishing. Jesus sent Peter. Peter was a fisherman. He had been fishing all his life. He had built up a certain level of expertise in the area of fishing. So notice how God sent a fisherman to to find provision in the mouth of a fish, right? So, So here's my question. My question is, what are you good at? My question is, what have you developed over the years or even decades? What what have you mastered? What have you put in your 10,000 hours in? Whatever that is, make no mistake, God will use it. To provide for you. God will use your area of expertise. Well, God is my source, but I'm the one working. No, 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 no. God is your source and he will give you the provision while you're working. He will use your, your job, your, your career, your business, whatever. He will use your area of expertise to get the money to you. Remember, the money is not going to fall out of the sky. Remember, God is not going to print money in heaven and then just magically make it appear in your bedroom. That's not how it works. But, but God manifests divine provision on this planet by putting his grace on you and then favoring the work of your hands. Look at your hands prophesy over your hands. Say hands. You are blessed hands. Watch this. Say hands. Everything you do prospers. Okay, cool. But what if you don't do anything? Everything I do prospers. Okay, cool. But what if I don't do anything? What if I don't work? What if I don't put in the work? Well, then you're not giving God anything to work with. Peter had to go out there. He had to go get a fishing rod. He had to go get that line. He had to go get that hook. He had to go throw it. He had to do what he knew how to do to get what God had already stored up for him. Listen, if you don't do anything, you're not giving God anything to work with. By involving Peter in the miracle through his profession, Jesus demonstrated that God's divine provision can be released to us through our ordinary skills through our experience, our experiences, whatever it is that we're called to do, God can release provision through that. So God will use your area of expertise and your skills as a vehicle to provide provision and prosperity, but you have to put in the work. Listen, you have talents, you have skills, you have experiences, you have abilities, and you put all of that in the hands of God and God will use it to get his resources to you. But in, but as I close, let me just, that's something you got to believe. But then as I close, let me just flip the script real quick. But then let me change it up as I close. It's true that God will use your area of expertise to get provision to you. But then there's sometimes where well, God would just throw you out there in something you've never done before. This is not your area of expertise and God will throw you out there anyway to cause you to have to trust him. God sometimes will use what you know how to do to get you what he already stored up for you. And then sometimes God will send you out there for something that you have no idea what the heck you're doing, and he will send you out there anyway. But when you go out there, you got to be out there in faith, without a doubt, without wavering, knowing that God is your source. Say God is my source. Let's close this message out. Listen, this is one of those messages you may need to listen to again. There's an and you should have the notes because these are good notes. These six life lessons, i solid teaching this morning. The Holy Spirit gave it to me. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I am so refreshed that my heart is open to hearing from you directly and clearly. I am sensitive to the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit, and I am quick to obey whatever he leads me to do, however he leads me to do it, even when it doesn't make any sense at all. I will not allow human logic, reasoning, or common sense to cause me to think my way out of your blessing. You are my source. You are my supply. The provision I need is already stored up for me. And as I'm led by your spirit, I will come into it at just the right time. I put in the work as you lead me and you bless the work of my hands. Walking with you, I will never lack. My confession is I lack nothing and greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and why would you not sign up to get my notes? You get the notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button and put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I'm excited about this message. This was good teaching, y'all. So do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you, and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Put in the chat, I lack nothing. God is my source. These were six life lessons from a fish and a coin. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.